Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Good evening everyone, Mark Meckler here with the Sunday Night Battle Cry. We're moving towards year end, so this will be the last live Battle Cry. Producer G and I are going to record one this week before the Christmas weekend, uh, so that you will have me live on the Battle Cry sort of recorded live for next Sunday. Also want to let you know, new gear in the store, Christmas coming up. You probably won't get it before Christmas, but this is the American Patriot tee, the new tee. We got the flag. We got the COS logo. I love this one. I specifically asked for this one. Classic design. So if you go to conventionestates.com forward slash store, you can get this tee. You can get this tee or this hat. Of course, you can get the Hell No Joe t-shirt. I think we might even have the Hell No Beto shirt uh, live again for those of you who are in Texas and know that Beto O'Rourke is running for the governor. We have our Defiant uh, American Patriot shirt. We have the Come and Make Me Hypodermic shirt. Lots of cool stuff. If you don't have it, get it. And there's a lot more coming. I promise you in 2022, we got a lot of big stuff planned for the store for merch. One of the things I want you to notice about the stuff that we produce for you to wear is it's cool. Notice it doesn't say convention estates all over it. It's not just about promoting the org. It's about promoting the right attitude, which is an attitude of defiance. This one actually right here, very small, light print says convention estates. But the point is cool gear that then also carries the convention estates logo somewhere on it in an inauspicious way. So that really what you're doing is you're making a statement that you're not somebody that goes along, that you're defiant, that you don't listen to the narrative and the status quo. You don't pay attention to legacy media. And I know you don't, and one of the reasons I know you don't is because Omicron is going bust. That's right, it's not working. In other words, you're not panicked. They wanted you to panic. I'm not panicking, you're not panicking, and the American public's not panicking. Now you guys might not know this, if you don't, I'd like you to pay attention, which is that Convention of States Action and Trafalgar Group do polling together pretty much every week. Trafalgar Group is run by Robert Cahaley, a good partner of Convention of States. And we've been doing polling of the American people week in and week out. I do all kinds of media around this polling. You guys can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash press, and you can see the press releases on the latest polling. And this week, one of the polls was about Omicron. Now, they want you to be very, very scared, right? It's terrifying. You got to mask up. You got to boost up. You got to get your shots. You got to be paranoid. You got to lock yourself in your house. I don't know what else they expect you to do. Wash, like soak your whole body in alcohol after you go outside or something. Well, I mean, that might be good if it's a good like Texas whiskey, but seriously, it's not scary. What they say is it's more transmissible. Nobody's died from it, right? And so this is not serious stuff. It's not even as hardcore as the flu. So it's going bust. And the American people aren't buying. In fact, we did polling this week. The majority of Americans say new mandates and restrictions are unnecessary. That's 69.4% of Americans say that. This is really interesting. 67% of independents, 86.5% of Republicans. And here's the incredible one, 54.5% of Democrats. So it's basically everybody says, hell no, Joe, to lockdowns and mandates and all this stuff, the crazy stuff. And you're starting to see Democrats react to this. I heard the White House saying today they're going to look at the seriousness of cases instead of just case count. Well, no, duh. This is something they should have been doing for at least a year now, year and a half. And instead, they've been trying to make everybody panic, but it's not working. Uh, the governor, I believe it was of Washington State, now saying the panic's over. 
the the crisis is over and we're not doing this stuff anymore. And I think that's good news for America, of course, but it means they're losing their grip and they don't like it very much. Right? They don't like the fact that they can't control you as well. They don't like the fact that you're not wearing masks everywhere. They don't like the fact that you're not getting vaccinated. By the way, I, I'm just, I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again. I'm not anti-vaccine, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. This vaccine, not for me, not for my family. My wife's not vaxxed, I'm not vaxxed, I'm not getting vaxxed. For those of you who did it, hey, that's up to you guys. That's between you and your medical professional. I trust you to make judgments for yourself based on best available evidence. I didn't do it. I'm young, I'm healthy, I think I'm gonna be okay. I think you're gonna be okay. I think it's all gonna be okay. No more panic, okay? We don't panic. We keep calm and we carry on. You know, the other thing that's going on right now around America that's swirling around that's not COVID, that actually is kind of scary, is inflation. And what's going on with our economy? Inflation is out of control. It's reached its highest level in 40 years. And that's non-adjusted. I mean, if you adjust it for the way they used to measure versus the way they measure now, off the charts. The Biden administration doesn't want you to think this is a real deal. They talk it down. They tell you, I don't know, just don't buy a turkey at Thanksgiving. You got Pete Buttigieg said, who, right? Who? Transportation secretary. In case you didn't remember, he of the long parental leave during the supply chain crisis. He says, you can fix inflation. Just go buy an electric car. You know, average price, at least $50,000. Everybody can afford that, right? It's so ridiculous. These people are so out of touch with the American public. That's why we're seeing the I did it stickers popping up on gas uh, stations all over the country. If you haven't seen them, you can go on Amazon, get your I did it sticker. It shows Joe Biden pointing at whatever you want him to point out saying, I did it. I'm not saying that I'm putting those on gas pumps. I, I'm not saying that, but people are. I'm not saying that I'm putting those up at the grocery store on the plexiglass pointing at the little keypad where you have to punch in your credit card information. I'm not saying I'm doing that. I'm just saying people are. <laughs> anyway, the Biden inflation program, Biden inflation as we call it, is running rampant and the American people are sick and tired of this as well. Uh, new polling from Convention of States, 64% majority say that the Grinch would approve of Biden's handling of inflation and only 36% say Santa Claus. Now, I know that sounds lighthearted and joking around, but the bottom line is, is that the majority of American voters think that Biden is causing this stuff. The majority of American voters believe that the president is not concerned about the impact that the struggling economy is having on Americans. 56.7% of Americans say Biden's not concerned. 43% say he is concerned. So what you see is a significant majority saying he's unconcerned. This is, the, this is where the numbers get interesting when you get into what are called the cross tabs. These are sort of sub polling. 58.5% of independents say he's not concerned. 77.6% of Republicans say he's not concerned. And he's even in trouble with Democrats. 36% of Democrats say he's not concerned. And I think one of the most interesting things when you dig into this polling, and I've dug into the polling because we're doing polling, I get to talk to Robert Cayley. I look at all these cross tabs. I'm doing an analysis of them every single week. And one of the things that I'm finding is the most interesting about the current state of polling is when you look at the breakdowns by ethnicity. Because what you find in the breakdowns by ethnicity is that the president and his administration are losing the Hispanic community and the black community. For example, on the COVID polls, uh, whether this is a serious health risk, whether they should be mandates or lockdowns, super interesting. If you look at 66% of Hispanics say 
it's really not a risk and there shouldn't be mandates in lockdown. 66%. If you look at it, it's about 60% of the black community say there shouldn't be further mandates in lockdown. So one of the things that you're seeing, and it's the same on the economy, is that the president and the administration are losing Hispanics. They're losing blacks across the board on the issues. What does that mean for the Democrat Party? It means that they're becoming the party of the white urban elite. Those are the people who like the lockdowns. Those are the people who are the Karens that yell at you to put on your masks. These are the people who think that, you know, you should just eat tofu instead of turkey on Thanksgiving. They're in the cities. They're wealthy. They're highly educated. They're not regular people. They're not like you and me. They're not like average Americans. They're not like average Americans of any race, right? That's not who they are. These are people who consider themselves the ruling elite, and they're largely out of touch with what's going on with the average American. So the Democrats, they've lost average Americans. They're losing average Americans regardless of race. That puts them in big trouble in 2022. So what will they do about it? That's the question you have to ask yourself. What will the Democrats do to adjust? The numbers are clear. They're getting the same numbers we're getting. They know what's going on. That's why you're seeing them start to back off some of this COVID policy. So how do they fix it? See, the problem that they have is the economic problems that are being caused in large measure, they're because of their policy. So for example, printing tons of money, spending trillions of dollars, that's not going to do the economy any good. That's going to continue to heat up inflation. You already have the Fed that controls interest rates saying next year, they're going to do at least three interest rate hikes. Well, who do you think that's going to hurt? It's going to hurt people trying to buy houses, right? Interest rates going up. That means the cost of getting a loan is going up. That means the average person trying to buy a house can't afford it. Look, if you're really wealthy, you're going to do it either way. If you're one of these rich, urban, white people. But what about regular people who are trying to afford a mortgage payment? So it's going to price some people out of the market. You've got inflation pricing people out of the market. You've got wages being overcome by inflation. And the Democrats, these are their only policies. Tax more, spend more, regulate more. All of those things driving up prices for regular Americans. All of those things causing problems for regular people. So I'm not sure what the Democrats can do to adjust before the midterm elections. The president himself is at his some of his lowest poll ratings. On average, he's running around 42 to 43% on average approval rating. By the way, that's a point to a point and a half above where Donald Trump was at this point in his presidency. These are historic lows. The only other president to be lower in all of American history in all of the years of polling was Jimmy Carter. And you know how that worked out for Carter. So the Democrats are freaking out. They ought to be freaking out. I don't see how they adjust before midterms because really all of their policies lead to all of the bad stuff that's going on. It's coming home to roost. All of the energy in the parties on the radical left, they're the ones promoting all of these bad policies. So what do they do? I don't know what they do. I mean, to me, what it looks like is it looks like 2022 is going to be a slaughter for the Democrats. Hard to predict, right? This far in advance, we're still close to a year in advance, 11 months out from the elections. Anything could happen, but right now, it's not looking good for the Democrats. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Now back to the show. So what else do they do, right? How do they stop this narrative from spreading? How do Democrats control the narrative? Because this is what they always try to do. And the way that they do it overall now is they cancel you. It's cancel culture. I want to talk a little bit tonight 
about cancel culture and what exactly cancel culture is. Because I think sometimes we get it wrong. When conservatives talk about cancel culture right now, what they talk about are what I would call high-profile cancelings. People trying to get Tucker Carlson kicked off the air. People going after Dave Chappelle for his special, right? They, they consider those cancel culture. That's not the biggest problem in cancel culture. See, the biggest problem in cancel culture is in the culture. It's deeper. The culture is a very broad thing. Culture can be summarily defined as the things that we say that are shameful and the things that are honorable as a culture. And so what's going on in our culture is we've now flipped it upside down. Everything that used to be honorable is now shameful. Everything that used to be shameful is now honorable. And so what that's doing also means that regular people like me, like you, people are scared to say what they think. People are scared, for example, to openly admit that they're Christians and to profess their faith publicly. That used to be most people did that and they thought it was fine. It was good. And then they got along just fine in the culture. Now you get attacked for this. Look, people if, like me, if you're pro-life, people are scared to talk about being pro-life. They run into pro-choicers. They scream at them. They're worried about getting censored. They're worried about getting attacked at work for defending the concept of protecting the unborn. People are afraid of talking out about politics. Maybe they're a supporter of President Trump. Maybe they believe that the election uh, was not clean, was not clear, that it lacked election integrity. Maybe they don't believe in mail-in voting. They're scared to say those things. See, what happens in cancel culture is you get these high-profile, attempted or actually successful cancellations of public figures, and then regular people stop speaking out. I can tell you young people, they're censoring themselves what they say in college campuses, what they say in their Facebook feed, what they say in other social media. I can tell you adults are doing the same thing. You have to be careful about what you say, lest you get punished, <coughs> excuse me, for what you say and what you think. See, this is starting to feel like uh, East Germany, Soviet Union, China, where there are such things as thought crimes, where actually if you think something and you express it, maybe even in private, you could get called out for it. You could lose your job. You could lose your social status. You could be shunned at your church, at your kids' schools, for thinking the wrong things, for thinking off of the party line. This is really dangerous. And we, you and me, have to resist that. You have to resist that at all costs. And what I mean by that is speak your mind. You know, a lot of you see me on Instagram. I'm going through the airports and never wear a mask in the airport. I'll put it on sometimes to go through TSA because they make you. Sometimes I get away with not wearing it. And then once I'm in the airport, I take it off. I film myself. Why? Because I am resisting. I'm not going to give in to the culture. I'm not going to give in to the cancellation I'm going to do what I believe is right, and you should do the same. And I'm going to tell you there will be occasionally consequences. So the question is, are we going to be afraid of the consequences, or are we going to stand and do what we believe is right despite the consequences? I'm going to stand. I hope you do too. Otherwise, cancel culture succeeds. When your pastor says something you don't agree with, you think he's going woke, then you go up after the sermon and you have a polite discussion with him. When a school teacher sends home an assignment and it's crazy and it's woke and it tells your kids that men are women, women are men, and both are neither, and there are 57 genders, and there's trans, and there's all this other stuff, you have to speak up. Your kids might be embarrassed, and they might get shunned, and you might get shunned, and you might get in trouble. But this is what cancel culture is all about. They want you to fear 
saying and doing the things you believe. That's what cancel culture really is. It's not about Dave Chappelle. It's not about Trump getting canceled. It's about every single one of us and it is affecting the culture and you have to get engaged in the culture war and you have to fight and that's how we defeat cancel culture. I wanna talk about switching subjects here about something in politics directly. Cancel culture, by the way, and political correctness come from communism. The term politically correct comes out of communism and it means being, being in sync with what's politically correct and politically meaning according to the auspices, according to the, the invective of the Communist Party. And that's where we're at today in America. People want us to go along with the party line, which is essentially now socialist, communist. This is where all this cancel culture comes from. This is where critical race theory comes out of critical theory, which is Marxist. All of this stuff ties together. None of it stands independently. It's all part of a very complex web woven by communists decades ago to destroy American society or broadly speaking, the Western world. This week, we saw some really ironic behavior by Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut. He went to a party which was clo tied closely to the Communist Party USA, claims he didn't know. Yeah, it's a little inconvenient because the people who were running the event and speaking at the event were openly speaking about Communist Party USA, about how socialism is just a cloak or a first step towards communism, about how they hate everything about America and they intend to destroy America. To me, the most amazing thing about the whole thing is, imagine literally a sitting senator goes to an event closely aligned with the Communist Party USA, and it's not a major story anywhere except for, I don't know, Fox News and on the right. The legacy media won't cover it. And by the way, the reason I call it legacy media, because it's not mainstream anymore, because you're not watching it. I'm not watching it. A huge chunk of America is not watching it. It's not mainstream. I'm not going to give it that legitimacy anymore. It's old media. It's dying media. It's legacy media. It's partisan media. They won't cover this stuff. So if, you're, if that's what you watch, stop watching that stuff. They're lying to you. They're part of this complex web of people intending to destroy America. It ties into what's going on in Congress right now and the way this is being covered. The January 6th commission, right? I call it the January 6th hoax commission. Why do I call it that? To be clear, anybody who went in the Capitol that day illegally and committed crimes should be prosecuted. But a lot of them right now are there, solitary confinement, they've been there for over years. Is that okay? No, absolutely not. It's ridiculous. I don't care what crimes they committed taking people who didn't kill anybody, didn't actually hurt anybody, putting them in prison for over a year in solitary confinement, that's outrageous. They're withholding evidence. There's over 14,000 hours of videotape from cameras inside Congress that we have not seen. I don't know why, what are they hiding? Clearly, Nancy Pelosi is up to no good. No Republicans should be participating in that. That's why when you've got, uh, what's her name, Liz Cheney, just an absolute traitor, in my opinion, to the Republican Party, a traitor to conservative values by participating in this sham, this scam, this hoax. This is just one long continuation, right? You can go all the way back to the Russia collusion hoax. You can go through the Mueller investigation. You can go through the Steele dossier. This has all been one long hoax. That ran out of steam, so they throw the January 6th hoax on top of it. Again, I want to say, people who broke the law, prosecute them. I'm okay with that. By the way, people who broke the law during the summer riots of 2020 for weeks on end destroyed over $5 billion of insurable property damage, many more billions of uninsurable, scores of deaths, many more injuries. Those people should be prosecuted as well. 
and most of them are be, aren't being certainly none of them being held in solitary confinement for over a year so this whole january 6th thing it's a hoax it's a hoax it's a hoax i'm done with it okay so the last thing that we'll do on the news i think is talk about oh god and i just really hate talking about him but i'm going to talk about him is anthony fauci at this point I think it's pretty clear that he's not legitimate. He's not reasonable. He's just a political actor. This week, he was asked about what he thought when masking would go away on airplanes. And he said, basically, never. Uh, what? See, I fly all the time. I've probably flown 200,000 miles this year, roughly, something like that. I'm in and out of airports. I'm on and off airplanes constantly. They have HEPA filtration on airplanes. A HEPA filter, by the way. It's the same thing they use in hospitals to make sure that all kinds of bacteria and virus are not floating around in hospitals. I'm unaware of any case of mass transmission of COVID on an airplane. But he says we're always going to have to mask on airplanes. It's driving people crazy. People are freaking out on airplanes, including me, by the way. It's just I feel miserable after flying cross country and having to wear that damn mask the whole time. And the stewardesses are, or stewards are enforcing it. Some of them worse than others. You know, some some airlines, Southwest in particular, feels like, you know, it is just absolutely the secret police airlines. They, they love coming down on you. I feel like the stewardesses and stewards on Southwest should be carrying batons the way they act. People are going crazy. Fauci says we're going to have to mask forever on airplanes. And I say, let's go, Fauci. Like, what else can you say other than let's go, Fauci, right? You know what I mean. I'm not going to say the real thing, but you know what I mean. All right, a lot of people are asking what Convention of States looks like in 2022, and it looks like it's going to be a banner year. We've got a lot of stuff lined up that looks really good. Wisconsin looks absolutely awesome. I think we have the votes there. I think we're going to get done. South Carolina looks really strong. North Carolina looks good. Pennsylvania looks really good. I'm not happy with what's going on with redistricting in Pennsylvania in the House right now. It looks really bad going into the next election. So if you're in the Pennsylvania legislature, if you have Pennsylvania legislators, if you live in Pennsylvania, tell them this cycle is when we've got to get it done. I think Iowa looks really, really good. We're going to get well past the halfway mark in 2022. The grassroots are growing at the fastest rate ever. we got new advertising plans for the Blaze. We've been advertising on Epoch Times. I hope to get a lot more advertising out there. I've been talking to my friend Matt Schlapp about going to CPAC and doing something really big at CPAC this year. We don't normally go to CPAC, so if you've looked for us at CPAC before and you think we're not going to be there, I think we're going to be there and we're going to do something really big at CPAC in Orlando. So I think 2022 is going to be a huge year. If you're not involved in Convention of States, you need to get involved. Get involved by going to uh, conventionofstates.com, click on the petition, sign the petition, get involved. But that's not enough. It's not enough. Your New Year's resolution should be get involved. And by getting involved, I mean click on the Take Action tab. Volunteer for a petition, uh, for a position. Get trained. We have Convention of States University. Go through the training. Be a trained activist. 2022, what you're going to see is there will be COS activists all across the country engaged in elections as well. It is going to be a huge year for Convention of States action, and you need to be involved. All right, let's go to the Q&A here. I've got some, uh, let's see, what do we got here? Questions and comments up from producer G. Mark White says, you know, which state will be the first to hold hearings on Convention of States in 2022? Not 100% sure. Uh, could be Pennsylvania. It could be South Carolina. It could be, I think, Wisconsin. We're done with hearings. So maybe South Carolina. 
Not really sure. Sharon Carell says, if Republicans win Congress in 2022, what will they do? Anything besides not acting bat crap crazy? They might do that, by the way. Just I'm saying. Uh, what, will, what will they do? I don't expect a lot out of them, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it's kind of like, are, are they better than what's there? Will they do worse? Will they do better? I don't think they'll do the same stuff. I don't think they're going to move us towards communism, or at least more slowly towards communism. I don't know. But I haven't heard a good plan out of Republicans. It's one of the things that really frustrates me about them. Susan Peters asks, what's the best way to take advantage of dissatisfaction with Biden to help us restore our freedoms? Look, I think we can say unequivocally, <clears throat> nothing good's coming out of Washington, D.C. Do you think anything is good coming out of D.C.? I don't think anything good's coming out of D.C. I don't think anything good is going to come out of D.C. The only thing we can do is take the power away from the federal government and give it back to the people. You have the chance to do that. You have the chance to be involved. You have the chance to make a difference instead of sitting on the sidelines. That's Convention of States. All right, Betsy Orvis says, if the Build Back Better bill costs $0 like they claim, why would the debt ceiling need to be raised? Well, Betsy, because they're lying to you. Plain and simple, that's why. It doesn't cost zero. It's unbelievable to me they get away with saying stuff like this. It's just outrageous. It's offensive. We all know better. I mean, we're not stupid. You're not stupid. The American people aren't stupid. The politicians are pretty stupid, though. I have to admit that. All right, Victoria Buckley asks, what's our next telepatriot mission? We had a big win in Houston. By the way, we should talk about that big win in Houston. Really exciting to see patriots from all over the country helped in Houston. Uh, did a bunch of telephone calling. And just to let people know that there were actually people who do good things out there. And there were two good conservatives that won school board positions in Houston. They didn't take over the school board, but it's a big win in what is a very liberal school board. I expect you're going to see more of those seats turn in the coming elections. You guys need to be involved at every level. City council, county board, school board, state legislature, congressional races, everything. We have a responsibility, you and I, to be involved. You know, I said the theme tonight is goodwill towards men, peace on earth. Obviously, that's the theme for the season. But I want to be frank with you about what I mean by that. Right now, my goodwill, as far as my day-to-day -day actions, that does not extend to people who want to destroy America. America is at risk. There are people now literally in our government, Richard Blumenthal going to a Communist Party USA affiliated event, Ocasio-Cortez, an avowed Democratic Socialist, Bernie Sanders, a Democratic Socialist, Ilhan Omar, an avowed anti-Semite, Rashida Tlaib, an avowed anti-Semite. These are all people who don't believe in America the way you and I do. And I don't feel goodwill towards them and I won't practice goodwill towards them. But I want to clarify what I mean by that. Because this is really important. We can have pitched, heated, hardcore political battles with people and still love them as we're commanded to do. I love them because they're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why I love them. And what I mean by that is they're, they're created by the Lord, same as I am. They, there is one God and one God only. They may not even be believers, but we are commanded to love everybody. So I may love them. It doesn't mean that I like them, and it doesn't mean that on a day-to-day -day basis in political combat that I'm not in full-blown combat with them, right? So goodwill towards men, of course, in my heart, goodwill towards men and women and everybody, 
But when it comes to the political arena, I'm going to fight like it matters because it does matter. You have to fight like it matters. Every moment of every day, we have to fight like it matters. We're close to the end of the year. We're wrapping up the year here. Next week, I'll be on the battle cry. It'll be recorded, but I'll be thinking about you guys. I'll be planning, preparing, getting ready for, training for, resting up for 2022. It's going to be an incredible year. We'll be on the battle cry recorded next week. I will see you see you live on the battle cry again, starting in 2022. God bless you guys. I appreciate you. See you next time on the battle cry. This has been the podcast version of the battle cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com/pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.